for for watching and for listening. Actually, last week, what I did was I downloaded the audio from this uh, Facebook Live that we're doing, and I uploaded that to Spotify. And so you can actually go on Spotify and you can find Schmall Talk uh, there and download the audio. And so uh, I'll do that again tonight with episode number two, and I will upload that. And uh, Reggie, it looks like Reggie has left the building, in fact. No, Reggie came back. Reggie came back. Well, that's good, man, because you're a, a key part of this show. So I need you there. So, uh, yeah, great feedback from people on the uh, podcast last week. And so we appreciate everybody watching. Appreciate people coming back and listening again this week. Uh, we are working with uh, Internet Connection here. Um, who knows how this could go? This could drop at any time. Last week, it worked out pretty well. We'll hope that our luck holds out again tonight. So um, we had posted, Reggie, you and I talked, I don't know, I think probably Saturday. We talked about uh, what are we going to talk about this week? Mm -hmm. And uh, you had mentioned to me the, the beating that Trump's taken to the media over the, uh, the virus. And uh, let's face it, if you're president, you're going to take a beating. In fact, that's just going to come with the territory. Uh, I don't. I don't think anybody can be too upset about that. So take your lumps, right? Just take your lumps. Now we've got a president that doesn't take them all that well. I think we can probably agree with that. Oh yeah, he, he, he can turn to a little spiteful kid, and he want to take his ball and go home half the time. But <laughs> too bad, right? right. Which, which, by the way, is, it makes him very endearing to a lot of people. I know. Yeah, it really does. That was my point. And the more we, the, the media attacks him, the more folks are going to start gravitating even deeper into his camp. And they might pull a few people over that wasn't there in the first place. Right. So, th so this is actually what I kind of want to talk about is why that's the case. Why do people have that potential maybe to go deeper uh, into his camp when he does that sort of thing? And uh, it, it, it serves no one any... It doesn't serve the audience very well to have us just sit here talking about Trump. Oh, he's getting beat up, or he, he should be getting beat up. He shouldn't be getting beat up, whatever. Mm -hmm. it, that That's not helping anybody. You could just turn off this Facebook Live right now, and you could go to MSNBC News, or you could go to Fox News or CNN, whatever, and find somebody there talking about the same thing. So what I want to do tonight is talk about it in light of what you and I actually get paid to talk about, yeah. and, and that is cognitive behavioral interventions. And so specifically looking at why people actually take the actions that they take and what does that structure sort of look like? So, so what I did was uh, I put up here uh, on the screen, if you're watching this uh, live right now, uh, if, if you're watching, listening to it on a podcast, I'll, I'll just describe this for you. So what I've got on the screen right now is, um, a, a, an iceberg. I, it's, it's not very, uh, it's not very, this is not very artistic. It's essentially just a triangle with a line, uh, through the top up here between actions and thoughts and feelings. That line is, is there to essentially, represent a water line. So what we know about an iceberg is that you can see the top of it, but you can't see the bottom. So if we applied that analogy to behavior, uh, you can actually see the actions that someone takes. But what is it that drives those actions is someone's thoughts and their feelings 
Uh, and then even further down below that are our attitudes and beliefs that we have. And those are like rules, uh, uh, values that we have, principles that we have that sort of, um, that we filter every experience that we have through those attitudes and beliefs. So they really inform our thoughts and feelings about uh, any type of particular situation. And then it's our thoughts and our feelings that, that drive our actions. And so um, Reggie, uh, what what I'm interested in tonight is figuring out for all of those people that are out there just bashing Trump nonstop I, from day one. Mm -hmm. What are the attitudes and beliefs that are down there below at the very bottom of the iceberg that are driving all of that? What do you think that some of them are? Oh, now you're gonna flip the script, and put it right back on me. Yes, I am. But I got I, mean, I can give you some answers. But what, what what do you think some of them are? Well, I, I, basically, I think a lot of people just feel threatened. They feel threatened, right? Mm -hmm. So um, whether, you know, it's their way of life. Yeah. Well, uh, Trump is going to do this to people of color, and Trump is going to do this and that to the LGBTQ community. He's it, it, a lot of fear-mongering right from the get-go. And maybe some of that's actually, maybe people actually believe. Well, he is a a real threat to their their life. I, I heard there was a guy on Adam Carolla's podcast like the day after the election who was saying that his children who are minorities, like he needs to protect them. Mm. Like Trump's gonna come hunt them down. He's gonna hunt them down and they may die. All right. Well, do me a favor. Put that thing back up. Hopefully I can talk over it. The iceberg. Okay. For sure. So let's think about where our attitudes and beliefs form. Like, where do they come from? They come from our life experiences. That's a that's a deep thing right there, right? Our, our morals and values are kind of rooted in maybe our upbringing. And, and some of it's anecdotal, too, right? If you hadn't had a vast amount of experiences, then you end up maybe kind of taking in information and assimilating it and interpreting it a certain way. And then given the fact that um, let's go with anecdotes and life experiences with Donald Trump, uh, the, the sub, what, what, what were the central park five, like his high level of um, just anger and like frustration. I'm like, he put, spent money to put a full page ad in to send innocent men to jail. Right. So that's one thing that would kind of begin to shape people's opinions about how he might see minorities. Uh, let's look at the and these are facts. Right. I mean, that's that, that's that's a given fact. Another fact, fact is that, you know, he had issues, major issues with um, renting to people of color. I, I, I didn't say this. I mean, like he had a, a whole commission to kind of approach him about this. And then, so you take in that information. And then you couple that with kind of his uh, cavalier attitude, right? The, the thing that really draws people to him, right? That he's a man's man, if, as you were. And that he's going to do what he feels, no matter what other people say. Well, if you take the one bit of information about his negative approach of views, potentially, I ain't saying he got him, but would you say that those two things may indicate that he, he might have a skewed opinion about people of color? Not written to them, the Central Park Five, even though they 
were later found innocent. He still said he felt they were guilty, right? Okay, so that lends itself toward potentially that he may have a, a slanted view of folks that ain't like him. Yes or no? It's a simple question. I'll, I'll concede the point. I'll say yes. All right. So if that's the case, and values and beliefs are based on life experiences and anecdotes and all those other things, well, you kind of put the two together, and you can see how people could form the belief that he's automatically a racist. Now, it, 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 the, I ain't going to counter that. What do you think of that, though? Well, in the case of the Central Par 5, I think that you are basically attributing to him a great level of of malevolence of of evil. Yeah, no, no, not not malevolence and evil. No, this opinion <laughs> that he paid money to espouse espouse throughout New York. I mean, like, and he even when well, they, so you don't get, but you don't have a, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have a problem with that if he actually really believed that, right? Like, like he he if you really believed that he was sincere in his thinking, then you'd have to say that he was really just seeking out justice in that case. So yeah. what, what you're saying to say that um, that he was wrong in that case would be to say, well, he knew, he knew no. better, he knew that they were innocent, but he was he was convicting them. He's judge, jury, and executioner in that newspaper. In the paper, I ain't saying he knew anything, but you know that there's a full-on documentary, a whole little documentary, but uh, a, a series on Netflix, and those men are now free, and it was found to be that they didn't do the crime. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I watched I watched that on Netflix. It was quite good. He said he he still said he believed that they were guilty. I don't well, know. You can Google it. He did. Right. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. so, yeah. And I think that I think that that's a problem. I think that is a problem for him to say. I, I think that they still did it. I think that is definitely a problem. And I think it's a problem that's shared by people on the left who are out calling Trump a Nazi all the time as well and saying yeah, that. You, you, I think you're missing the point here. I'm not. No, no, no. Where did those beliefs come from? I'm saying past actions of his, so anecdotes, sometimes factual, mixed with the idea of when someone has those type of views, they tend to have negative opinions about the people that they have those views about. Then can you see how they can interpret that and that become a, a, a belief? that people who won't admit when they were wrong, especially around people of color, obviously have bias. Trump won't admit he was wrong, even around people that of color. So if you take the two premises, it leads to the conclusion that he must be a biased racist person. Does that make sense? Here, let me, let me, let me finish the point that I was going to make. I'm sorry. Go, go. By all means, please do. Please do. Yeah. And, and by the way, I think your audio was actually better last week. I don't what? know. I don't know what's up with that mic, but I think you were a little bit better last week. Right. I'll get closer to the, to the computer. Oh, that's better, man. That's better. Yeah. There you go. All right. I'm yes, sorry. man. That's much better. All right. So, so here's the point that I wanted to make. Yeah. Is what I see there is a classic problem with labeling. When, uh, when, Sorry, I keep cutting you off. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm hold it this time. Okay. Okay. When you label somebody, mm -hmm. and that could be a person, uh, more often than not, it's a person, or it could be a group of people, then what you have a tendency to do from that point forward is ignore all evidence to the contrary. Yes. So if he comes out early on and says, "Hey, I think these uh, these kids are all guilty," 
and then it turns out that they're not, then it's foolish as it may be. It, it's it's actually sort of a human nature to to kind of cling on to your initial assessment and not be wrong. Now, I think with him, I think he can take that to a whole new level. By the way, hey, he gonna never be wrong, but no, I, I I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but do you you understand what I'm saying though? That that's the problem with labeling folks. And so if you're going to label this guy, you know, a Nazi and yeah. race all the things that he was labeled as being um as soon as he won the election i mean they were talking about impeachment before he was even um sworn in and so in any all these things that he's called well people aren't going to let that go people want to cling to that and start looking for evidence to support their assessment especially if you're on television yeah, and think about it, the same applied to Obama, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the the other side, forget side, there's a group of people who had in their mind that he was not a real American citizen, that he what, what remember when the one lady said that John McCain, he he's a Muslim. He I know it, he's a Muslim. And John McCain had to correct her. And so yeah. that was driven into people's mind. And they wouldn't let it go. I mean, like to the very end, they wouldn't let it go. I mean, still to this day, you got people that talk about him have being like a, a internal agent for the, the the jihad or something like that, and it makes no sense on either side to have such extremes because nobody's all good and nobody's all bad, and that's the part that just kind of throws me off and it frustrates me to watch, especially in these current times because if, if we liberals stay in the path we're on, all we're going to do is just drive more and more people into his camp, and we'll have four more years, four more years for sure. Because more and more people, the people who voted for him before are going to stick with him and even deeper. And then you'll drive newer people into his camp because no one likes the idea of feeling shamed or or made to feel guilty or put upon in that way. And and definitely no one want to be seen as being racist. So the more we label, like you said, the more likely it is that we're guaranteeing his reelection. So here's here's the point that uh, that I want to make about that is here's here's what it all boils down to for me. Right. It's not helpful in any way. That, so so most things in life for me, when it comes to big decisions, what I'm really trying to filter things through mm-hmm. is this idea. And I come up short, but I try to filter it through this idea of is this helpful or not? That's a good reason. That, 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 so. It's almost as though that, that I'm looking for the, the the utility even in my ideas, right? Yeah. Like how mm-hmm. useful are these ideas that I even have? Yeah. Um, it, it is not helpful to be out proclaiming Barack Obama to be a Muslim. I mean, no. well, well, how helpful is that? Likewise, I don't particularly think it's helpful to be saying to 63 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump that the guy's a racist. I don't think that's helpful either. I've always said, you've heard me say it before, Reggie, that Obama, if he was a Muslim, he wasn't a very good one. <laughs> With him up there in the, in the, in church uh, singing uh, Amazing Grace, and, and all, he, he ain't a very good Muslim. Mm-hmm. And uh, likewise, I think that when I look at uh, Donald Trump, uh, and, and Jim Brown hanging out with him and, and some of the other uh, black folks that are with him that just love him and 
there's there's plenty of black Americans that, that love Donald Trump. I'm thinking, well, the reality is Donald Trump loves people who love Donald Trump. It doesn't matter the color. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it really doesn't matter the color. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so if he's a racist, I'm just going to say if he's a racist, he's not a very good one. Okay. I, and, and really, it ain't so much about, I, I don't want to stick on the Trump thing either. It's just more about what drives people to do what they do. Seriously. And and that whole value system that, that each side is righteous in their points. And each side is unwilling to hear the other. Well, that leads to nothing, right? I mean, the more I you try to convince me of something, the more I'm going to argue my point. And the more I argue my point, the more attractive my stance becomes, right? I'm, I become more rooted in it because I find validation in it because I got to defend it towards you. Well, if I want to see you change, not make you change, but see you change, I need to have a dialogue with you, one, one that respects the choices that you made, not, not condone them. I ain't going to sit there and say it's okay for you to do things that I don't necessarily agree with or that conflict with my beliefs and values, but at least hear and listen and be open-minded enough to hear the other side. That's one thing I really respect about you. I can sit down and have a conversation with you and you'll start out with comments that, woo-wee, it worked, worked my last nerve, Pocket. I'm thinking, oh, ain't nobody crazy. Enough. But rather than getting into that debate of trying to convince you, you, you have an open mind, like you listen. You'll still, you may not walk away from the conversation any different than what you were, but we can have a civil discussion that's meaningful because I think you hold a value that everyone around you has some purpose and, and everybody has worth. I think you hold a value to that, right? A belief system that functions under that. Absolutely, 100%. I don't think a lot of people function that way, man. We think we're better than one another. We think we're, you know, we're, y'all use the term elitist, but we just think we, we, we somehow hold a superior stance and all that does is push people away from you. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think that one of the things that just causes so many problems in relationships is one of the primary things is um, is unsolicited advice. Oh, preach, brother, preach. Yes. OK. It's, you know, I, I just want to say, like, I just want to quote. Um, oh, gosh. Kings of comedy. Uh, you know, when Cedric says, I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> you, you know, I'm I'm 43 years old. Uh, I've got a lot of learning yet to do, but I, I really just I don't I don't need someone to just come along without me even asking and say this is what you ought to do there, partner. Mm -hmm. That's not going to work. That again, that comes back to my idea of we got to try to be helpful. That yeah. is not helpful. That's not helpful at all in any sort of way. And mm -hmm. uh, it, it's like your friends that even if they ask you for advice nine times out of 10, they don't want your advice. Oops, what they really want is they want validation. They want to see is Reggie smart enough <laughs> to understand what I really ought to do. Yes. And if he yeah. is smart enough, then, Hey, that's great. That's validating. So, Hey, uh, let me run this by you, Reggie. Uh, what do you think I should do here? And you tell me what I don't want to hear. Well, then, uh, well, I'm just going to go do what I want to do anyway. So if that's the case, then what do we do? Okay, so here, but let, let's 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 unravel that a little bit, though. But that you find that everywhere, okay? So my two favorite topics of conversation: religion and politics. Yeah, we see the same thing in in religion. Yeah. Okay, so when someone says, "Hey, I'm going church shopping," what they're really saying is, 
I'm going to go find the church in town that's already saying everything that I believe. And when I find it, then I'm going to park myself right there in that pew, and that's where I'm going to stay. Why? Because they believe everything that I believe. Mm-hmm. And they never challenge me. Mm-hmm. I, I never end up growing. I never end up seeing things a little bit differently. That's the perfect church. The, the perfect politician is the one that doesn't challenge me, that says whatever I already believe, and uh, just confirms all the bias that I have. I mean, we all ought to understand to some degree that our opinions are shaped by some level of of arrogance and ignorance, let's yeah. just say. Like, I don't know everything about everything. It's one of the reasons why uh, Trump irks me a little bit now and then is when I think it was yesterday. I think yesterday he said, oh, I know a lot about South Korea. I know someone brought up South Korea <laughs> in a press conference. Well, I know a lot about South, South Korea. Let me paraphrase. I know a lot about South Korea. Nobody knows more about South Korea than I know. Yeah. Um, gosh, I think it was South Korea. Uh, he was talking about a particular maybe city, I believe, and he said, yeah, they got like 38 million people there and whatnot. Well, they don't have 38 million people there. They have like 10 million people there. And you'd be proud of me, man. You know where I heard that? On Morning Joe this morning. On Morning Joe. Because this guy, this guy's conservative self wakes up in the morning. And what do I do? I flip on Joe and Mika in the morning. See what's up. You don't want to get me talking about that. Because I love when uh, Michelle Wolf said, Joe and Mika are a me too that worked out. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite jokes in the doggone correspondence dinner. But no. Yeah. Well, so I would just, by the way, so I was even just thinking, I think it'd be a really good uh, experiment for people if they would spend like the next 30 days consuming all of their news from the opposite source and just see where they land. What was that? I said, that'd be something. (laughs) That would be something. And so here's how that conversation would go. You'd say, okay, uh, so you you watch MSNBC News. Uh, What's the opposite of that? Oh, five. Okay. Uh, you watch, uh, your wife watches CNN. So what's the opposite of that? Fox. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I watch Fox. So what's the opposite of that? Pick a choice, brother. There yeah. you go, man. There you go. It's, it's, uh, you know, Fox is outnumbered and everyone's, uh, crying about it. Uh, oh, they're so terrible. We got one. We got one. You know what that's like? That's like white people saying, where's, Where's the wet network? White entertainment. Y'all got black entertainment. Where's white entertainment? And your standard reply is going to be, "Well, you got every other channel." You didn't get the dog on it for real. It applies to news as well, folks. But seriously, if you unpack what you just said, you are a supporter of that man, and 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 nothing wrong with you being a supporter. And yet he irks you with that. So imagine if you already have some biases or some some negativity about him and he's standing up there doing the childish routine that he does where um he's the smartest person in the room uh brilliant tremendous everything's brilliant and tremendous and beautiful and 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 so and and you can't get really any real information out of him because even though he's been handed to him in talking points he drifts right and so so you can see why people would have such a horrible opinion and then start attacking him reggie i'm no different I'm no different than anyone else. You know who I'm a supporter of? Guess who I'm a supporter of? 
George Smallstick. You better believe it. That's who I'm a supporter of. <laughs> that, that is, and if everyone would just get honest with themselves and, and, and they had a little understanding of yeah. this iceberg that, that I've been talking about here, uh, they would understand, uh, you know what? I'm actually a supporter of myself is what I am. Because someone that comes along and espouses my attitudes and beliefs about life and what's appropriate and what's right and what's wrong, when, when that person comes along mm -hmm. and they, and, and let's just say, not necessarily their words, but the results yeah. uh, that they're producing line up with what I value, mm -hmm. the, the economy, uh, faith, um, you know, a lot of stuff, uh, being pro-life, all these sort of things. Yeah. When that lines up with what I believe, well, then my thoughts are great, right? I'm feeling very positive. Uh, I'm thinking this is great. And then my actions are, well, I'm going to support that. Yeah. Now, when that guy comes out and starts talking about, uh, the, uh, the, the deceased congressman from Michigan who, who died. Yeah. Right. And he says, well, he's looking down on us. Well, maybe he's looking up at us. Then I'm the first one to say, you know what, man, that's just stupid. Yeah. That is dumb. Like that, that that's not, you're just shooting yourself in the foot right now. It, and it makes no sense. Yeah. It's not, again, it's going to come, I'm bring it back to the paradigm that, that I have. The question I think I have to ask is, is this helpful? And again, I'm not saying I do it all the time. I shoot my mouth off too, and I've had bad behavior. And here's here's the thing, man. I'm not dead, so I'm going to have some more. Yeah. Right? And we say this helpful. Define this again. Let's be clear. What do you mean by this? Is this helpful? Oh, this um, this behavior, this action, or, or hopefully if I'm a little ahead of the game, this thought. Okay. That's what I really got to pay attention to is the thoughts that I have in my head, because that's the point where you're asking yourself a question. It's a conversation that you're having in your head, mm -hmm. right? I can have a, I can have a conversation in my head. We all do it. And, 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 and those are the things I have to ask myself. If, is this helpful right now? It's not even about being right. I mean, there's a lot of things I could be right about, but and then I, and then I act on those things, and they prove not to be helpful. I like that. You well, George, what I'm saying? I 100%. But, George, you do realize you're in the minority when it comes to people in general, but especially people that are in that camp, right? I mean, the, the supporters, because most people think that it's constantly helpful to defend and to, like, stand up for those things they believe in when it comes to Donald Trump. And they feel that way because we've, and I say we, because I'm a liberal, we've made them feel that way. Like they have to, like it is helpful to try to, they ain't really trying to convince me. They just standing up for what they believe in. And a lot of times it goes back into that sense of self-worth, right? That, that whole drive of, I voted for somebody. And now you're telling me I was stupid and ignorant for having done that. Well, I got to reinforce that. I got to validate. I got to justify the choice I made. So I'm, I have to, to stand up and support this. And next time around, I'm going to do it again. I, it, I, like you said, in talking about the pyramid, bro, when it really boiled down to it, 
it's the values and beliefs that people that drive our thoughts and feelings that ultimately to our behavior. And I just think people don't take time to slow down and realize how hurtful or harmful those values and beliefs they have might be. I might lead them to do something hurtful or harmful to someone else, or maybe even to themselves. Because I think that premise you have, of is it helpful? If they really stopped and added that in and evaluated some of the values they acted on, it's the, we, we'd stop doing, people as a whole would stop doing a lot of different things. But right now, we don't need to be fighting. We don't need to be arguing with one another. We don't need to be trying to blame somebody. I mean, what, what good is blame gonna do? Is blame gonna fix it? Blame is not gonna fix it. Blame's not gonna fix anything. So why do we need to focus on that? Like I said, I people don't people are not willing to say that my opinion, first of all, it may not be a fact. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's a difference between facts and opinions. And, and some yeah. people are totally have disassociated themselves with the difference between the two of those things. That they just don't understand it. The, you you could say, well, 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 that that guy's a, an absolute fool. Well, that's your opinion. Well, no, it isn't. It's a fact. Look at what he did over here. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, that behavior. Yeah. That's what he did. He got his paycheck and he went and drank it all away. Yeah. Okay. That's a fact. We can verify that him being a fool or being someone who doesn't care about his children or someone who hates his wife or whatever the case may be. That's all your opinion. That's the way you're seeing it. People just don't get that. Again, if it's not helpful sometimes to give just a simple piece of advice to somebody unsolicited, right? Hey, you know what I really think you ought to do? I think you ought to go back to school, and I think I think you ought to uh, pick up a trade. Uh, you know, I think you should. Um, oh, here's here's one that got people riled up. Uh, you're a truck driver, and uh, that profession's going to go away. So what you really ought to do is go learn uh, how to code. Mm. Now, that's not helpful to say that to a truck driver. They're not going to go learn how to do that. So as simple as that is and unhelpful as that is, how unhelpful is it to say to somebody who voted for Trump and you know, they voted for Trump saying, say to them, Hey, you know what, with this whole uh, virus thing, Trump, has blood on his hands. He's he uh, all every death has to be laid at the feet of Donald Trump. He, he's a he's a murderer is what he is. Now, is that helpful? Is that helpful to uh, someone who voted for Trump? Because really, what they were doing, they were voting their self interest, like everyone else does. Mm -hmm. Well, again, you know the answer to that question. I was talking to someone earlier about this whole thing, and what they really described to me is a lot of beliefs, a lot of values that they have, that a president should be a certain way, that a president, president shouldn't be a certain way. And what they feel is being demonstrated is a direct conflict with their beliefs. So this need, this, this desire, this, this, this unbridled necessity to prove that that person's in conflict with your belief, that they're wrong the whole way, right? So let's prove him to be a liar. Let's prove that he messed up. Let's prove that he's making mistakes. And I don't know how helpful that is. I mean, I asked, why Why is that helpful? And then he kept going on and on in the discussion about it. And I finally I find it to say, okay, fine. I can see every point you're making. 
everything you're saying is absolutely true. Now what? There's a moment of silence. Because more people are, most people are really good at pointing out the problem. They're just not as active in, in investing in the solution, if you understand what I mean. And I, I think it, right now where we are, we need to be investing in solution. I, I can't go out and convince them uh, cure for the thing, but I can figure out ways that I can support people around me, right? I, I, can, I can look out for folks. I can really, I can do what I can in the moment to preserve my family, but also my neighbors and those I care about that are close to me. That's being part of the solution. And at the end of all this, when we're on the other side, oh, you can go back and point fingers like a son of a gun, but pointing fingers right now ain't gonna do nothing but divide us even further. And that's the that's the part where I made that point to him and he said, I, I get you, I understand. And it, it was somewhat, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just saying that's my belief because my, my core value that came to light when all this jumped out is first be of service. Before anything else, be of service to others, right? I mean, I, that, that, that came from, my religious upbringing that came from the way my mama was with everybody. And it came from my own life experiences. I don't do it to get something out of it. I don't you know, keep count or keep score. I do it because I feel like that's what that's our purpose, right? Is to be of service to one another. And then whatever religion you follow to, to, to be devout to that, but also to be of service to, to your fellow man. Now, what, what belief do you think started coming up for a lot of other folk when this thing started coming about? You know I mean, well, listen, in the political world, there is, you know, let, let me just quote Rahm Emanuel. There's uh, and he may not have been the first one to say it, but never let a crisis go to waste. Ooh. I like that. That's pretty rough there, brother. <laughs> well, but, hey. but, it's, but it's demonstrably true when you look at all the things that were in the spending bill, the, the stimulus bill. Like, I, I really think that the Kennedy Center there in D.C., they are they really ought to just give the twenty five million dollars back. Or they ought to make a contribution to, uh, you, you know, help help ramp up production of uh, medical equipment or something like that. Because twenty five million and it's listen, twenty five million is nothing in terms of uh, of two trillion dollar to whatever it was a lot of money. It was over two trillion, I believe. Uh, that's really not a whole lot of money. Now, to you and I, both being folks that run nonprofits. <laughs> <laughs> 25 million is a heck of a lot of money. We could do amazing things with it, but it's a lot of money. Yeah. So, so I think it's just demonstrably true that sometimes, okay, here's a bunch of things that we know we're not going to get through Congress. We know that the president is not going to sign off on them. We know all these things. So we're going to take advantage of the, of the process mm -hmm. and we're going to put those in with something that we know he has to sign. And then that's the way we'll circumvent the normal process and get it done. Now I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying it's right, wrong or indifferent, but that's what happens. It happens all the time. Both sides do it. Both of them do it. Oh, I, I won't, I won't argue against that point. It's just in that discussion, how is that a benefit? I'll ask you that. And I don't care what's in that bill, just so long as the money gets in the hands of the people that actually need it. And I mean, if they wanted to hustle and grind and do what they do. Like you said, they do, both sides do it. Everybody grinds poor Carol, I think that's what you call it, or try to slip your things into different bills and stuff. For us to argue about it, Carol, how is that helpful? 
Oh, it's I not. Mean, it's not. But what it does, what it does, it just it just conflicts with my um, my belief. Please. Yeah, Please. I don't. Uh, I do not. Uh, I'm not going to be out in the streets uh, rabble rousing about that or on Facebook being a big keyboard warrior letting everybody know about it. I don't. It's out of my control. I don't really care. You know what I can control? I was thinking about today while I was just working around the house. You know what is in my control? There's a okay. church. There's a church, a small little church in, in our town that gives Filter, the nonprofit that I run, a mentoring program for children. They give us $200 a month. It's, a, it's one of the smallest churches in town, 200 a month, faithfully. Um, uh, my church gives us $100 a month. And you know what I've, I'm going to talk to my board about? Um, I, I don't, I don't want to accept that. I'm going to write them checks and give that money back to them. Why? Well, because during this crisis, Filter, the nonprofit I run, is not the answer. Mm. Like everything has changed. You know what I believe is the answer? The church. I believe that the church is the hope of the world. Mm. The church of Jesus Christ. That's my belief. So I just want to give that money back. And, And that's what I plan on doing. And... And so imagine if that's my ideal, that's my attitude and belief. Well, if you're skimming some off the top for this project, that project, and the other project, it's got nothing to do with what's going on. It just doesn't sit well with me. But I'm not going to be accosting people who are Democrats about it. Why? Because I can't do anything about it. I'm not going to get one more vote for Trump. And by the way, it's not my job to get votes for Trump. Guess whose job that is? That's Trump's job. It's not my job. His, his approval ratings up. Everything is rising. And, and, Everything is rising, man. And that's the thing: is that uh, keep on knocking them, and it's it's again, it's just it's self defeating. It's just not helpful. It's not working, and relationships get hurt in the in the process with all the uh, the keyboard warriors out there trying to educate people all the time. Let me educate you on this, and let me educate you on that. Let me educate you on the other thing. No, I'm a grown ass man. I don't need to educate. If I want to go, there's a website that I go to that, that I can figure out just about anything. And if you're watching this at home or you're on the podcast, write it down. I'll spell it for you. www.google.com. Go there. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Well, again, I'll ask a question again. What beliefs do you think, based on what we're seeing, were triggered? And say conservatives during this time. Um, your audio is just a little bit distorted. What beliefs? What now, Reggie? I heard conservatives. What beliefs do you think were triggered? And let's start with conservatives, based on what you see from people that you know and in the media. What beliefs were triggered from this crisis? What uh, what beliefs uh, are triggering conservatives? No, I'm saying what beliefs were triggered through this crisis. Like I told you, my first belief that came into play when I started seeing about this is first be of service, right? Mm-hmm. And you see that actions. I ain't gotta go into detail on the back up. Well, based on what you're saying, what do you think some of the beliefs of conservatives that just kind of got triggered or put in the play? Sure. Yeah. Saying? I I think that uh, I think conservatives are n- number one is it's uh, it's a fact that conservatives give more of their money 
away to charity and we're not in, you even take church tithing out and that still holds true. So I think that conservatives are generous with their money. So they're, they're going to be looking for ways to uh, contribute financially, however they possibly can. Uh, the conservatives that I know are very, very family oriented, very family driven. So, Hey, I got to look out for my family, right? I got mm-hmm. to protect my own. Uh, I, I love this. My wife just said, I think this is great. Conservatives <laughs> don't want the government to tell them what to do. Uh, great point from Rebecca, right? Uh, I don't like, listen, I'm a guy that does, I'm very libertarian. You can say, well, you're conservative, you're Republican. No, I'm libertarian, which means basically I'm going to have to end up voting Republican most of the time because I don't like big government intervention. I don't like the government particularly trying to protect me from guess who? Me. That That's what I don't, I really don't like that. I don't, I really don't like uh, seatbelt laws. You're, you're trying to protect me from me. If I want to get in my truck and drive down the road without my seatbelt on, I feel like I ought to be able to do that. I don't feel like I should get a ticket for that. I actually, I've thought a lot about this. Like if I get on a motorcycle, I can ride that without a helmet. You can in Minnesota, for sure. Yeah, so then I get in a truck, I shut the door, surround myself with 3,000 pounds of steel or whatever it is, my F-150 out there. It's aluminum. Maybe I should wear my seatbelt. But uh, I actually feel like a responsibility to put it on, like if I have a passenger, because what if this thing starts rolling and I start flying all over the place and knock somebody out? Like, I think about those things. That's that's a lot more thought than a lot of people put into the um, the seatbelt law. But you get what I'm saying. I don't like to be protected from myself. I don't like to be told what to do by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take the recommendation, and I really think that the recommendations that we've been given, I support it. Okay, I support. I I, I do not want to be. I hate the idea that I could do something that would be responsible for someone else getting sick and experiencing what whether they die or not mm-hmm. there's a lot of people it runs the gamut they don't have any symptoms uh on one end they die on the other and some people just go through days of hell i don't want to be responsible for that no I definitely don't and you see then, what i mean but but i but at the same time i just i don't want to yeah conservatives don't want to be told what to do that's just the american spirit i think trump was right when he said this country was is not built on this idea of uh, not going out of the house and not working. And I don't think human beings are built that way. Sure. I'm really hoping this thing comes to an end really quick, man, because at some point folk going to get tired of this mess rightly yeah. or wrongly. They're going to get tired of it. And then folks are really going to start making some bad decisions. That's what I'm afraid of. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, that end about uh, things that are triggered. I, I have some friends who fall into the, the conservative camp and they posted on Facebook that, they don't want to. They don't want the uh, stimulus check. When they get it, they're going to donate it to a worthy. I mean, not worthy, but someone in need, right? I mean, like one guy in particular, he put on his Facebook page. If you have family, if you got a family and you need, um, private message me or whatever it is. DM me. I don't know, but send me a private message, and um, he's going to pick one and to give a stimulus check to. And his wife's going to pick one, and because they don't believe that the money. They're so anti-government that they don't even want to take a penny from them, right? And right. he's a private business owner. He, he creates his own, um, he creates meals for people, healthy meals and stuff, and deliver them around. So I'm sure he's taking a hit right now. But 
So that's a strong value and belief that he has that, that he holds fast to. Yeah. And let him make that decision without being that a-hole that posts the meme saying, Oh, all you conservatives that hate socialism. Now you better not cash your check and all that yeah. stuff. It stop. It's it again. It, it's just not helpful. Let people make their own decisions. There's plenty of conservative people out there struggling right now. Yeah, what one of the great thing I wish they would I wish they would play this out in reality a little bit more. But while I was watching MSNBC News this morning, they have this beautiful commercial playing. I don't know if maybe you've seen it. That essentially at the end says we're all in this together. Mm. That's like the only redeeming thing potentially out of all of this that we could we could say, regardless of you know, uh, nation at tribe and tongue and it, it, anything, your color, anything you, you're human. And this, this thing's not going to discriminate. Nah. Some people will discriminate, but Corona's not going to, <laughs> we need to be in this together. You don't, to, you don't need to knock. So just take a opportunity, a little pot shot at, uh, at somebody who is conservative. And likewise, I'm sure there's plenty of that going on on the other side as well. I'm, I'm sure. sure. And again, none and of that's helpful. none of that's helpful. And it makes me wonder what kind of values, what kind of beliefs are those people functioning on? Because again, thoughts and feelings are driven by beliefs and that all leads to action. So what what and it, it scares me, honestly, it really and truly do. Because if people can be that vicious and just in this, in these moments, take opportunities to just get their little digs in. And, and I know social media plays a part because everybody want to be have that anonymity or, or have that celebrity for a moment, right? Or just get viral, but pardon the pun. But still, what, what is your value system? And are you really checking your value system? Are you slowing it down enough to realize, wow, maybe that ain't helpful. Maybe that is going to be harmful to some people. And then if you realize that you want to do something different, you got to think something different. We teach this, George. Right. I, I honestly think that some people do it out of the best of intentions. Well, I, I won't argue that, but how? I mean, and, and I guess that's defining someone else's belief system for them. But well, they, here's so here it is. Here's here's what we would call this, right? We would call this the writing reflex. Yeah. Right. I like that. I like that. Yes, sir. It's the writing reflex. It is. It's someone is wrong. They're clearly wrong. There could be great consequences if they act on their irrationality. And so because I love them, I want to get them right. And uh, so I've been talking about this for years in classrooms uh, around mm -hmm. the country. And and here's, here's a classic example that I give of this. Um, and maybe I should set this up by saying, if you are a parent, your primary job is to instill your attitudes and beliefs into your children. That's for, that. That's your job. If they're healthy. Yes, because any responsible parent would do that, by the way. You would instill your attitudes and beliefs into your children. Now, the, the, the reason why is because, well, they're your attitudes and beliefs. You believe these things. You believe that human thriving and flourishing uh, is contingent upon certain things. And if you love your children, you want to pass those things on to your children. Yeah. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, so in any time that you in, encounter a situation that does not line up with your attitudes and beliefs, and by definition, what I call that is a problem. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, like someone said, hey, George, define problem for me. Well, whenever I encounter a situation that doesn't line up with what I believe to be right or true, uh, right? That's what I call a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's a little simplistic, but psychologically, I think it I think it passes muster. Yeah. So uh, so to get back to the point, I, as, as a parent, you want to instill that in your your kids. So here's the example that I've used to try to drive this point home. Let's just say that my daughter is um, she's got a date, right? She's got a date on Friday night. I've not met this young man yet. And uh, he comes over to the house and he walks in and I talked to him for a couple minutes and I sort of think to myself, there's no way my baby's going anywhere with him. There's no way in the world. Yeah. Um, and so I pull her maybe into my bedroom and I say, hey, Trent, come here. Uh, we need to talk. You know, your father's an expert. <laughs> okay. In, in, in juvenile delinquency and crime and, uh, you know, psychology of criminal conduct is like bedside reading for me. Like, um, and I've spent just a minute or two with that, uh, that Cretan out there in the living room. And I can tell you right now, you're not going anywhere with him. Now I give you permission to lie. You can go out to the living room and tell him you're not feeling well or make up whatever you want. I don't mind if y'all stay here. You, you can just stay here. Uh, we can order food. Uh, DoorDash, watch some movies. I don't care, but you're not leaving here with him. Okay. That's not going to happen ever. Now, if I, if I ask a classroom of criminal justice professionals in particular, this is my general audience, what, how does that story end? Everyone in the room says, uh, she's going to marry him. Mm -hmm. Essentially. It's what, that's yeah. the answer. I think to myself, I should go plant really prickly things outside her bedroom window now, just in case. Yeah. You, you going after him. Yes, sir. Right. Now we all think that that's going to be the natural reaction. Why? Because I pushed her so hard to go the opposite direction. Yeah. It's like um, a water balloon, right? You just squeeze one in the water all rushes to the other side. This is the nature of ambival ambivalence. So I, but why would I try to get her right? I would try to get her right because I love her. I desperately, desperately love that child more than my own life. Yes. And so I would try whatever I could do to make that situation right and thereby <clears throat> potentially making it worse. Yeah, and it comes from good intentions, right? It comes from great intentions. And so while you're trying to educate people all the time on your point of view and pushing your point of view and telling people that the guy that you voted for is a murderer and you're too damn stupid to see it for yourself and yep. all the rest of it, you're not helping. Mm -mm. It, it, when, when I said that I, I look for like the utility in my thoughts, the only utility in even having that conversation with somebody would say, we're going to have it right here on Facebook so that other people can watch who are sort of undecided and see what they think about it. Because I'm obviously the utility in that conversation does not lie in my ability to change your mind or you to change mine. That, that's just not going to happen. It's self-serving is what it is. We argue our points to make ourselves feel more righteous, to really validate and you've held fast to your cause. But it, it, it's really no purpose outside of it more time than not. The number one way that people make themselves feel good about themselves is to compare themselves to other people. Oh, yeah. and But it's also a good way to make yourself feel miserable, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's why I love what uh, Jordan Peterson says. You, you know, you, what you really should be doing is comparing yourself to who you were yesterday. 
You shouldn't be comparing yourself to anyone else around you. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday and try to be a little bit better than you're reading Archie's comment right now. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell it's written all over your face. I'm a highly trained professional, Reggie. I read people's minds. I read their body language. I'm doing both. Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. So Archie, what's Archie say? Gentlemen, I am curious. Uh, what would a cognitive restructuring session look like for a person who voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016 or Bernie Sanders in 2016 dim primary still won't let the lost go. Well, at that time, let me, let me feel this one. Okay. If you talk about the cognitive restructuring first, they got to recognize the risk and thinking that way. Like what hurtful or harmful behavior might that lead to? Well, when you were a Bernie voter and you chose not to vote at all, or you went the other way or voted for a third party person, you helped Trump get elected. Now, if you really feel that he's the devil, there's definitely some risk in that thinking. So if you want to do something different, you got to think something different, which is uh, the lesser of two evils. I don't know, whatever works, but you got to come up with some thinking that'll lead to a different consequence or a different outcome and stuff that you're actually comfortable with actually falling through with, right? And with the, the Bernie thing, same thing, right? I mean, people, but the big thing is folks don't take the time to slow down and recognize that there's a lot of like really awkward stuff going on behind the scenes in your head when you have that conflict, when something comes in conflict with your value system and your beliefs, a lot of times you have some pretty self-defeating and hurtful, harmful thoughts that's going on, even the most pious among us. And if you don't slow down and recognize that you're having those, you, you can't do anything to change it. So that's my answer to you, Archie. Hope that worked for you. <laughs> I want to hear your response. Well, uh, I think that... Um Okay, so cognitive restructuring, uh, fancy way of saying changing your mind, changing mm -hmm. the way you think, right? Yeah. So you got to pay attention to what you're thinking. You got to recognize if there's some risk in it, and then you got to use some new thinking, right? So mm -hmm. what's the risk? The risk is I'm evaluating the risk that I will have an outcome that I don't want. I like that. And so, well, that presupposes that I have some aim to begin with, <laughs> and that I realize that thinking this way will not get me toward that aim. Mm. And if I, if I aim and I miss, you know what that's called? No, tell me. Sin. <laughs> I knew you were going down there. It's, it's an archery term. I'm not, I'm not even making a religious statement. It's an archery term. Okay? So check this out. If, if I'm aiming at a worthwhile target, but I miss, maybe my behavior is just not right or whatever. Maybe my thinking's not right. I miss it, but my aim was still to hit a worthwhile target. That is very different from aiming at a target that is, uh, let's say, uh, malevolent or evil, right? Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, um, if my if my target is to help someone um, and I take behavior that ultimately ends up hurting them, but my aim was still to help them, that's not as bad as setting out to destroy someone. One of those is sin. One of them is just straight up evil. That, this is just my 
this is just my way of thinking about it. I'm not, again, I'm not making a religious statement here. This is just my way of formulating all of this in my head, keeping it straight. So, so, so I think that you, you have to start with what is the goal? What is my aim? What direction am I trying to go in to start with? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I get where you're going. Yeah. Um, so now you, you you spoke to something I want to kind of push back. I'm not push back, but uh, re recap it in a sense. The idea that um, uh, if my aim is missed, or if my if the intentions were good, basically that's how I interpreted what you said, and and it, it but it didn't lead to the outcome I was looking for, then that's not as bad as if my intentions were actually malevolent, and, and I I intentionally set out to hurt and harm. You said that the that yes the consequential of the, the unexpected is better than the intentional. Absolutely. And so this is where I think people say things and do things to yeah. actually be helpful or because they believe that in the long term it's going to accomplish something that they believe is, is right and worthwhile, mm -hmm. a, a, a legitimate worthwhile aim. Um, that That's very different than, than setting out to hurt somebody. Well, yeah, I get but, you. but both but both but both can be equally to come circle back around. Both approaches can be uh, equally unhelpful. Uh, yeah, and here's the deal: when, when it comes to the what I want to set out to do, what's right and what's healthy, all I'm doing is trying to instill my values and belief from another person. Right? The problem often comes in where I filter your right and healthy through my value system, and that's what leads to the biggest conflict that we have as people. That's what leads to the drama that's going on within the pandemic is everybody knows what's right. So if my right is right, then your your right has to be wrong. And so there's this need for conflict. And really what it boils down to is, if I can yell at Trump, if I can scream at the Demo the conservatives on the internet, what do you call them, a keyboard, keyboard warrior? I like that. Yeah, yeah. If I can do that, then it gives me a sense of control, right? It's just like going out buying toilet paper. At least I can control buying toilet paper, right? But, and, but at the end of the day, that's self-serving. I ain't gonna go into what deep into all my values and beliefs here, but again, it's that idea that we, we, you're supposed to love your fellow man and look out for your fellow man, right? That, that, and I say supposed to, that's my belief system, but it actually fits within the majority of religions. Like that, that, that crosses denominations, it, it crosses over in spectrums of any religion that look out for your fellow man, right? If we can try to find some of those and look for not a righteous, but a healthy approach to this situation, then I think a lot of this drama starts to subside and we'll stop driving people into one camp or another. Here's here's what I think. Here's what I think that everyone can take from the South. You ready? From the South. Run it. Put some South in your mouth. <laughs> this, 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 this great saying that we say. In the South, when people do really stupid stuff, bless his heart. <laughs> That's all you can say, man. Bless his heart. And then when, when, when he, so when when Trump or anyone else is doing something, I would say, don't chalk up, um, uh, maybe someone's mistake that they've made or something dumb that they've done done something they've done that's stupid. Don't chalk that up immediately to uh, malevolence. First of all, just chalk it up maybe to just some simple foolishness. Okay. 
You see what I'm saying? Like we don't have to go all the way to Trump's a murderer. He has blood on his hands over this virus. We don't have to go that far. We could just say, you know what? Say it with me, Reggie. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, though. And it goes down to, like, some of my mom used to say. she say, baby, you can be a fool, but don't be a damn fool. Right? It, you, can, you can forgive a fool because they know not what they do. But a damn fool is an intentional mark in the act. And that's what a lot of people believe is that what Trump is doing is not an act. It's not, a, you know, just his ego. This is like an intentional thing. And that's their value system that, that's really kicking in that's righteous, right? Because if, if he's that bad, then I have to be that much more right or better, I should say. And I go back to what you said, George, is that helpful? How does that help us move forward? How does that get us to a place where when this is over, and it's got to end at some point, right? Like, <laughs> two people left on the earth, but it's got to end at some point. How does that help us move forward as a people, not just as Americans, not as Democrats and conservatives and yada, but as a people, it's not. I mean, it doesn't help us move forward. And if it's not a benefit, then my value system says, then you should just chuck it out, man. I mean, and, and people, people look at the president and other people that are in high positions and they, they disassociate them from their humanity Ooh. is what they do. I'm going to give you a couple instances. Could you imagine saying to someone in your community or about someone in your community that you kind of know, that that person is murderous. And, but it's like, what evidence do you have for that, that that person is a murderer? Like the, the folks that are out there, like only God can judge me. They're, they wear that on their sleeve all the time. Only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. Those are the same darn people that will call Trump a murderer. Yeah. They run around living however they want to live. And as a good libertarian, I really don't care. Live how you want to live. I it doesn't, just don't bring it to my doorstep. Live how you want to live. Yeah. Whatever. Well, uh, but, but, but the same crowd is like, don't judge me. You can't judge anybody. Only God judged me. The first one's out there calling a man a murderer and a Nazi and all that. You don't know that man. He's a human being. And I'll give you something on the other side. Let's go to the conservative side. Yeah, oh, Reggie, do. If you or I were to say half the stuff that that man has said, uh, let's say the, what was his name? Billy Bush? Was that mm -hmm. his name? On the yeah. bus. All right, we don't need to rehash all that, right? But Billy Bush, what he said to Billy Bush on camera, audio, on the bus. If there was audio of you or I saying those types of things and it was released in the community tomorrow, then... What would be the community reaction? I wouldn't begin well, to. I'd tell huh? you that. I wouldn't be working with people no more. I mean, okay, I, so you would not be working with people anymore, right? Now, who who would drive that? Well, I would. I honestly think that. Uh, well, just about everybody, but I think it would really upset the the conservative Christians in the community if, if, if one of us said something like that and it was on audio and whatnot. They run us out of town on rails. Mm -hmm. And yet these same people cannot wait to go vote for Trump again mm -hmm. during the next election. Dude, I, I, I don't get too political. But you okay. people so at some point, it's like we disassociate people from their humanity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a money, a prestige. It's 
they're on television and it's like, they're not real. Like, I don't, I don't understand, but it cuts both ways. The mm-hmm. guy's just a man. He's just a man and he makes mistakes and he does a lot of things that are really good as well. And yeah, yeah. I, I just watched another blunder from uh, crazy uncle Joe. I'm not voting for the dude, man. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not even going to come close to it. I don't know where he's at. You leave my uncle Joe alone. I told you that before. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. It's just, so maybe even the maybe the bigger question is can't I mean out of a country 350 million people, maybe the question is can we do better than this? I hope we can. I mean, can we do better than this? I do. I hope. Uh, we can. I don't. I, but listen, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to conservatives even to be saying, "Oh my God, I can't believe George is just on here bashing Trump." No, I'm going to give him his due, mm-hmm. whether that's good. Or if it's foolish, I'll give him his due. And and trust me, me and my family argue about this all the time because they're they're the people who have a, a severe emotional response to any any kind of comment. Or, we can't really even watch the news in my house, no matter what network it is, if, if that man's on. And it's like, dog, if you can't see one good thing in him, that says more about you than it does about him. It really mm-hmm. does. I mean, like he he's been successful at a few things. Sometimes by luck, sometimes by design. But I can give him credit, but I can also hold his feet to the fire, at least acknowledge when he's misstepped too. I mean, that, that, that's just being practical and realistic about the thing. But just, we were already on tilt before this happened, right? I mean, like the, the country was in a sense of this divide, righteousness on both sides of the fence and everybody's holding that faster. And now you got this going on and it's it's only deepening. Like the, the anger at each side, between each side it is, just scary. And and I'll tell you this, to switch gears a little bit, I had a person who, let's see, about two months ago, we actually went out because we hadn't seen each other in a while. And we went out for lunch. A little, little a young lady who I, I really like a lot. I mean, just cool person. And we we were talking and somehow the, the, the discussion of guns came up. I think I was going to the range with a friend or something like that, or I just bought a new gun or something. And um, she was like, oh my God, I, I just, I couldn't have a gun in my house. There's no way I could have a gun in my house. No kidding. Ten days ago, she called me talking about guns and wanting to get one from me. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. I mean, you kind of got to go to the and then hold on, wait, what switch to what? Do you see how scary that is? That somebody who said they would never have a gun in their house, a dainty, like kind, I think maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet with bricks in the pocket, has now switched gears during this to want to have a gun. Does that tell you where we're headed? Yeah, I feel like I know where we're headed. I, I'm glad she's catching up. <laughs> I, I will never listen. I will never understand why a minority in this country would not want to exercise their Second Amendment rights. Oh, in I'm particular, a minority. I, I just, I, I can't even fathom it. Well, I think outside you're outnumbered. Of- <laughs> you're outnumbered. Give yourself some sort of advantage. I mean, history repeats itself. Some yeah. does. Right. Like, I don't I really just don't understand that. Hey, um, the, the thing that really gets me more than anything is when I see people of color, black folks leading the charge of gun rights and gun laws. I'm mean, not gun rights, but gun laws and gun restrictions and things like that. We're going to be the first ones they come take them from. I mean, like not to you know be, try to be like Killer Mike, but it's the truth. Historically, we, we are the ones who are prohibited from having it. Dave Chappelle said in the comedy show I watched the other day, he said, if y'all want to do something about gun laws. I need every black person in here to agree with me right now. 
We got to do our job. Everybody go out and buy a gun. <laughs> I, saw that. I loved it. The gun laws immediately. You know what I mean? Because it's the truth. And, yeah. and for people to be running around, I mean, the same people who told me that I had too many guns. I got a few. I ain't going to talk about it on here. That ain't y'all business. That's my business. But um, they said, well, that's excessive. I'm not kidding you. I've had people trying to connect with me to be able to get one or help me, want me to help them find ways of getting one. Because right now, if you go, if you hadn't got your permit, at least in Minnesota, if you just apply for it, you're probably going to get uh, stalled out when you're going to purchase a weapon because they, they ain't just going to let anybody come in and get them now. Your, your background will be uh, delayed, as it were. Right. So now you want to try to circumvent the rules when before you thought there was no need for it all. I mean, it's it, it just it's scary is what it is, George. At least yeah. me. Well, I think the uh, standard reply, I've, I've shared this with you before. Uh, I heard it from constitutional uh, scholar and uh, attorney Mark Levin said, it's not a bill of needs. Why <laughs> do you need all those guns? It's not a bill of needs. It's a bill of rights. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. Right. And you get so am I hypocritical that I'm a liberal and believe in a lot of those values, but yet own weapons and taught my son at a young age how to shoot guns and. When he went to college, I sent him to college with his guns, not out of fear, but out of trust, because I know he, he's safe with weapons and he's not going to do anything ignorant, but also he has a right to have them, especially in Mississippi. So, I mean, am, am I hypocritical? I don't think so. I think I'm just practical. All right. Well, I think this is a good place to end this discussion. Let me just sum it up right here. Barack Obama, if he's a Muslim, he's not a very good one. I like that. Donald Trump, if he's a racist, he's not a very good one. Oh. And Reggie Prince, if he's a liberal, he ain't a very good one. It's doggone right, partner. I guess that kind of holds true. But the thing is, though, it speaks to the complexity of human beings, man. Like everybody, there's nobody that's just launched into one spot. I mean, look at AOC now. I saw, I was reading something the other day and actually looked a little deeper. She's not as wild as she once was. She's not trying to, trying to tear down the establishment as much, as much as she was that first year. She's actually hiring people in her camp who are a lot more practical and a lot more savvy in doing the whole political process. Nobody can be that extreme and hold fast to it, man. No one can. But a lot of people want to pretend they are on the keyboard. She might be figuring out that being that extreme uh, and trying to burn down the place is just not helpful. You know what? I think she just might. Goes back to your team, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's not helpful. It's not working out for her. Ah, well, brother, All right, man. Listen, man. We've we've been at it here for about uh, almost seventy one minutes. So uh, let let's get off of here. But uh, man, I just absolutely love these discussions. I, I, I hope that was uh, beneficial for someone. Really, what what I want people to take away is that uh, there's there's a there's a place where our actions come from, and it's it's that iceberg, man. It's that those attitudes and beliefs that we have, and leads to those thoughts and feelings, leads to behavior. And speaking of attitudes and beliefs, next week, if we do this again, we're going to talk about the, um, the, 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 what do you call that? The spectrum, right? Oh, yes. Yes. We, we, we are, we are working on the, uh, the, the racial spectrum. I think it's really good stuff too, man. Hey, I've sent it out to a few people to get some uh, feedback and some input and stuff. And I think it, I think people would be, I don't know. Well, they'll be the best judge when you finally put it out there. Yeah, and I really want to make sure people don't think we're trivializing the issue. That's what I'm most afraid of is that people might think we're trivializing it. 
But I think no. what we're doing is we're bringing some clarity to the issue. Absolutely. Well, you know what it's you know what it's all you know what all revolves around. I think Reggie, mm-hmm. ultimately, what we talked about tonight and what we're going to talk about with that racial spectrum is um, self awareness. Mm-hmm. That's really that's really it. The, the reason why I'm able to to stop and and pay attention to some stuff and evaluate whether it's helpful or not doesn't mean I always act in the most helpful way. I certainly don't. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that if I do something that's not too helpful and you ask me, man, what were you thinking? I'm going to be able to tell you. Yep. You, you, you're you not going to have me say, I don't know. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> that ain't good. That, no, that's not going to fly. So is, everybody can learn to do that. I'm most people, not everybody. I mean, there's no absolutes, but the majority of people, it's a skill, man. You can learn how to do it. If you just got to have the patience and the desire to want to learn. That's right. That's right. And the and the pocketbook too. And you can pay Reggie or I, and we'll uh, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll we can teach you how to do that. Even even our buddy Archie on here that I see, he he can teach you how to do it too. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. All right, Reggie. Well, uh, until next time, uh, and we'll put a Facebook alert out there for everyone to let you know when, uh, episode three is, uh, is, is going to be coming up. Um, so I've been getting some good ideas of other people to, to have on the show, some other guests and, and, uh, this is good fun, man. I'm looking forward to, uh, more of it. As long as nobody shut us down, let's keep it riding, man. That's right. Don't get kicked off of Facebook. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, brother. Always, man. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, Reggie and I will be back with the uh, the uh, Prince George episode number three uh, in just a few days.